if you saw the picture in the Discord, I was uh, I, I played a part in uh, a longtime friend's. He's he's shooting a commercial, and and because of the NDA, I can't say much. But uh, I was on set, and it's been a long time since I've been on set. And uh, yeah, man, we had everybody was there. We did it right. Where he had he had a black magic camera. Okay, he was shooting in 4K, not 12K, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, had a sound guy. He had you know all the grips on set, and he was calling you know he's calling uh, speed and all that stuff. But you know what? I've never actually spoken with a sound guy and asked what's inside that sack that they're always looking at. You know oh, what I mean? Right, it's like yeah. right on their chest, and they've got their boom mic and everything. And I've never asked just because they you know they're friendly and they're sitting there in between takes and just kind of jawing with you. And uh, come to find out, we were doing some voiceover work in his car, like just some stuff that was outside or not, away from the wind and all that. And um, come to find out, it's the same Zoom recorder you have. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I said, oh, so it just it just sits in there. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Because I think before when I did see, they it almost looked like a small twelve volt battery. You know, like a smaller yeah. something you would fit inside like a Power Wheels. Yeah, totally. That's what I think I remember seeing if I when I peered into one, you know, years ago when we were at CSUN. That's funny, yeah. I always thought it was like a VCR-sized <laughs> mixing apparatus that yeah. recorded, like, some proprietary thing that only they know. Yeah. No, he, and it was pretty cool. I mean, you, you hear him when he, when he uh, was calling speed, he would track it, and then... You know, uh, Tanner would ask, hey, can I get can I get a, a check on that audio? And he'd be able to just click a couple of things. And he goes, yeah, it sounds really good. Let's let's we'll stick with that one. <laughs> you know, you just know your equipment that well. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because, you know, especially being that mobile with something that small, um, you can kind of move anywhere on set to record that sound. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to eat a bag of chips while you're recording sound, you can be on another stage or whereas back in the day you had to be in the same room right this is jimmy pod <laughs> i didn't know if you were getting there and then uh no, well, I, was I was like well, trying i was trying to figure it out and uh i was working toward one yours was way more organic i love it oh good <laughs> Um, I didn't see a picture on Discord of you being on set. That's cool. oh, it was in it was in the brand new it was in the, the uh, Jurassic Park channel, so it was toward the top. Oh yeah, I, I didn't I want it broadcasting to, to a the bunch beginning of, yeah. of the Jurassic Park channel, and then I saw people were talking telling drunk stories. So then I was like, oh, that must be what this is about. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you know what? That's kind of how it started out. <laughs> yeah, so that was why I just like uh, uh, burst in uh, like a in a china shop oh yeah man <laughs> oh man i'm glad you participated uh, so yeah, i think we had a good time today in the jurassic park channel on the jimmy eat world discord in the same oh uh so a little bit of housekeeping i received some mail and it's for you and i justin yes and i didn't tell you what it is I don't remember what episode this was that we talked about. There was a Jimmy Eat World shirt that looked like an old school gym shirt. Do you yeah. remember that? Did it have the uh, like the wolf, wolf on, on it? it or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, my sister went ahead and made custom Jimmy Eat pod shirts based off of that uh, logo. Oh, sick. Um, <laughs> and she made them herself. So she sent them to me. Uh, and so I have a shirt to give you. So that's very cool. Um, Excellent. That's man. thing. One. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, that's thing one. I never even took a picture and sent it to you. I was like, oh, I'll tell him on the phone. Um, well, I want to see one afterward now. 
Yeah. Thing two is no one hates Zach. Can we just, I just, Zach is a funny Twitter guy. Okay. If he tweets, no one in my band likes me. So take that for what it's worth. Take that for what it's worth. Zach is being silly. Nobody dislikes Zach. I don't understand why that was a thing. And I just needed to say that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that's thing two. Any housekeeping from you? No, no, I've got nothing, man. Okay. In the same room from the album Static Prevails and a 77 Satellites in the same room single, uh, t- track 10 of 12 or 1 of 2 if we're talking about the single, produced by Mark Trombino, Wes Kidd, and the band, recorded at Sound City and Big Fish, re- released July 23rd, 1996 by Jimmy Eat World. Singing on it is Jim, and I have a little note here. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is where I was like, oh, um... Uh, I don't know. I guess it just came up on my research, but I'm always filling out who's who's the singer on the song. And uh, that website, di- uh, remember the consequence of sound was dissecting yeah. every album? Yeah. So they wrote a little blurb about Static Prevails, uh, about who sang on Static Prevails. It says, Tom Eats World 2. As if taking a note from fans and ultimately tour mates, Blink-182, Jimmy E. World splits the workload straight down the middle between their two respective vocalists. Rockstar, 17, Episode 4, Caveman, and Robot Factory are Lintons. Claire Digit's World is Static in the Same Room, and Arizona Anderson Mesa are Atkinses. And they more or less both shout sing, thinking that's all, and call it in the air. So uh, that's just more from that article. I poach what I can, where I can. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah. Um, they ha- uh, it was released on Capitol. It has a notable high note of A4 or G sharp four. And uh, there's no no notable low note, no demo. Uh, and they've played it at least twice, according to Setlist FM. And that's because there's two performances that are able to be found on YouTube. Right. Once uh, March 8th, 1997 at Michigan's Mind Over Matter Festival and April 11th, 1997, at the Black Cat main stage in Washington, D.C. Um, and it's an E major, a 12B Camelot, a 458 duration, and a 77 BPM. Who would have thought that they would have had a 77 BPM song as the A-side on a track called 77 Satellites? All right. <laughs> what are the odds? Could you have guessed? Um and I have more information about that 77 satellite single uh, that we can get to after we dig into lyrics, if you want. to. Yeah, sure. Let's start here. So we begin with uh, a fixed lyric. Thank you for doing this. And did you submit this to Genius? Well, is it a fixed lyric yet? Because I only found one other person on the Internet that hears what I hear. But well, if you count me, it's two. So, there's, so, there's so now you're hearing. Oh, so, so let's talk about it all over the Internet. The first line of the song is fingers in, listen what voices say. Okay. Yeah. You want to take a listen to that uh yeah, sure. <laughs> line amongst the static and the uh, twinkly guitars. Twinkly guitars akimbo on this uh, Right. Absolutely. On this song. And and just to before we listen to this, we already understand that it is uh Jim's voice can be incredibly inaudible. Uh and certain words that when you look at the lyrics, you don't even you can't even put what he said to the word that I'm reading on the screen. So wh- when I put my mind in that space, I allowed myself to hear this. So now I can't unhear it. So having said that, this is uh, the beginning of In the Same Room. So try and listen through this static. 
So I I can definitely hear what sounds like a thing, right? But then I also hear doesn't. Right. So it's so I, I just hear I both heard of those. until I even looked at the lyrics, she doesn't listen to what other to what voices say. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I get it. Um, and then I'm seeing fingers in. What the hell does that mean? And I hadn't listened to the song while reading the lyrics at the same time. So I just didn't understand. I literally thought I was looking at the lyrics to the wrong song. I thought this is one of those times where like, oh, this is some other song called <laughs> In the Same Room. Because I just did not get it. And also the second time was I was listening to the bridge when I was reading the lyrics. Uh, finally. And that I was on the bridge when I happened to glance at the lyrics and I was like, I don't have the right song because I don't see the words horizontal lines anywhere. And it was just that most websites seem to have left out that line. But anyway, right. uh, fingers in, listen, what voices say. And you had a thought about what fingers yes. in could mean, which I liked. Right. So fingers in, listen, what voices say. My thought was that taking your, your fingers and plugging up your ears, uh, essentially muting everything that's around you, all the outside influences and listen to what, and I put this in kind of parentheses here, listen to what the voices say. Uh, and I just felt like that was my internal voice. Listen to what your internal voice is telling you, not what all these other people are saying to you and what, what, what they're trying to tell you about how you should feel, how you should think and what you should do uh, in this situation that we're going to be kind of leading ourselves through in in the rest of this lyrics. So that was my re, uh, rationalization with, with uh, reading fingers in listen, what voices say was that they're just, uh, they're telling themselves that they need to focus on what's going on inside and, and, and what they need to hear. Um, so then go ahead. Yeah. So then we go to your lyrics. Oh, which, sorry. yeah, yeah. Uh, she doesn't listen. Yeah. She doesn't listen to what the voices say. Uh, it still kind of fits like the narrative that that I'm gathering from this song here. Um, she doesn't listen to what the voices say. I'm assuming that either she does bad things or doesn't do bad things, and whatever it is, it's not necessarily healthy for either her or their relationship. Uh, yeah, and yeah, so she's either she's not listening to reason or she is just uh, yet kind of uh, does her own thing, bad or good. She's just kind of a very yeah. independent person. And, that's that's my yes. And then I found one other person on the internet that heard she doesn't listen to what the voices say. In 2001, September 2001, CMJ New Music Monthly posted an article about Jimmy Eat World written by, I'm vamping as I wait for the uh, page to load, um, Nicole Kuiper, who I did not find on Twitter, as far as I can tell, she only has a private Instagram, and I was going to reach out to her, um, because maybe she had a lyric sheet, which, as far as we know, does not exist for this song. Um, but she wrote this article called Girl Meets World. Jimmy Eat World's pop turn inspires one fan's revol uh, revulsion and then devotion. So, Nicole Kuyper, uh, it's I'll read the first couple paragraphs, because this is when she talks about specifically about this song and this was remember september 2001 so the middle is out 9-11 had just happened but this was probably written like the weeks before 9-11 but uh just putting you into perspective bleed american itself gotcha. was out 
It all began with a perfect rock moment. One of those times when a song blares over your stereo and forms a soundtrack to your life, captures your mindset like poetry. I was plodding through expressway traffic, nodding along to the usual hardcore suspects on a new mixtape from a friend, when some scratchy static crackled over the speakers and a gentle tenor chirped, she doesn't listen to what the voices say. A shuffled beat clipped in with ringing guitars and a sweet, whispery vocal, and then the chords, the chorus struck. That graceful whisper exploded into a screech, those plucked guitars screamed, and the shuffle broke into a roar. The honking box trucks and exhaust washed into nothing, and all that was left was that song. It was called In the Same Room from Jimmy Eat World's major label debut, Static Prevails. This take on post-hardcore was something I hadn't heard before. It was sweeter, more melodic, its dynamic shifts more pronounced, its uh, aesthetic more rooted in romance. I was a hardcore kid searching for something with less grit and more substance, and they were exactly what I needed. I love everything about those first two paragraphs. It perfectly sums up the song. It turned a doubter into a believer. And uh, yeah, that's Nicole Kuyper's article from September 2001, Girl Meets World. I wonder if she got yeah. some Disney Channel royalties. for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, a female version of Jake T. O'Donnell. <laughs> yes. Right. Very well said. And that's one of the, she made a good point about just the, the swelling uh, sounds. Uh, this this is one of those where there's more tracks like this on this album, uh, but just how it kind of it falls in and out of being hard and then yeah. uh, slowing down and you hear go back to the twinkly guitars and then it, it yeah, actually goes back about, to the static. Yeah, we've talked about that with these earlier tracks is they're very good at dynamics. The, yeah. the quiet, loud uh, sort of motif is something they go back to. And I think it works great. Like this reminds me a lot of a clarity track. Um, yeah, yeah. like this could be a track on clarity and specifically how they perform goodbye sky Harbor when they're not doing the long extended one, um, has a lot of these loud, quiet moments. Um, yes. So yeah. Shall we get into verse one? Finally? <laughs> yes. Right. So we start with, yeah, she doesn't listen to what the voices say. So, uh, verse one here, you always wrote for me ego. Now, again, we don't have any, uh, liner notes to, reference so i'm assuming that the with the punctuation being correct as it's written which is it's it's you always wrote for me comma ego um i i feel like this person is talking to their ego you always wrote for me ego the, oh i see ego yeah, yeah, yeah. led me uh, if the punctuation is incorrect uh it's kind of hard to say like you always wrote for me ego kind of like a pirate <laughs> talks um i almost thought it was like an aside to himself like oh checking his ego you know what i mean yeah, and that could like be the you other, always the, wrote for me. Oh, fuck my ego. Like, yeah, you know. right. It, it, it's one of those words that's uh, it's just kind of hanging on the end, and you could interpret that several different ways. But I feel like he's talking to his ego. Uh, risk worth taking, risk worth leaving. Seems I'm still afraid of promise. To promise, uh, weighing the options in his head, and can he commit? I, I think the promise. Since I'm still afraid of promise, um, can he make a? a commitment can he i don't know if this is going to be a promise to stay with this person or to fulfill whatever thought is in his head maybe he's he's wrestling with some personal demons and you know am i going to 
am I going to go through with this? That's what I feel like this line is saying. Is this a risk worth taking or a risk a risk worth leaving? Um, and they're still on the fence as to how they're going to uh, how, how they're going to come out on the other end. And then uh, these lines here, which is uh, is this verse two? I kind of count it as a chorus, okay? Because it kind of blows up right here. But there's yeah. three choruses in the song, if that's the case, because Jeez. the words are different. Yeah, um, it's a gr- it's a really cool structure to the song, and even the the m- vocal melody and the vocal cadence in the verses is so unique for the band. It's kind of got a gallop to it yeah. more than like a. I don't know. It's it's not. It, it's unlike any style they really have gone back to. Um, but it is really neat. Makes it think that maybe they were referencing some song that we don't know or can't put our finger on. Or maybe, and yeah, some smaller to band. To them, or to Jim, he's like, I found that to be too derivative of this thing that I was inspired by. And so I don't, I, I, I feel like I now have my own voice and I'll go back to that well, as opposed to going back to referencing something I was inspired by. Okay. Uh, so I can see that this is formatted differently from the, chorus below and that's what really threw me off so this first yeah. line would be too big to stop too big to hold down and and i feel like they're saying that this is uh going back to that verse immediately before it it's like there's some kind of impending event and it's too big for him to handle or even control and uh i'm hoping that they by the end of this track they address this issue but it seems like it's something that is is mentally too large for them to just grasp and and control yeah, and then we have uh, a couple of lines here that uh, famously known or famously heard uh, in futures. And I was trying to look at the context of both songs. So this this second line here is trade up for the fast ride, uh, trade your friends. And in either futures or in the same room, I gather that they're just saying uh, you can either trade up for the fast ride and take the easy way out, or yep. you can uh, trade your. Fr- I mean, maybe this is even worse: is like trading your friends. And trade your friends, um, or the opposite of that, trading up for the fast ride would be taking making the right choice, which is the harder decision, probably that uh, the choice that they are worried about making most. <laughs> so the trade up for the fast ride—that's the easy way out—and um, trade your friends. You're gonna yeah. either I don't know if it's if that's if he's comparing them like trade up fast ride or trade your friends, or if it's trade up for the fast ride and also trade your friends. Like this is. Um, that's the option that I have here is I can, I can just take yeah. the easy way out or I can do what's the harder thing, the more adult thing and actually uh, face it head on. I did notice, uh, uh, obviously I think a lot of people notice it, but also there's tons of people that don't notice it. And probably cause this is an older song that people don't get back to that often, but, uh, I'll, I'll attribute this to Brian Vidal on the Jimmy Eat world fans. Facebook group says, I love the callback Jim has from in the same room to futures, the line trade up for the fast ride. I love when artists do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we'll get back to some other people that noticed it later, but I thought that was a good little mention of that. Yeah. And it's such a unique, uh, turn of phrase that he's chosen that this is this is Jim's lyric you know I didn't even look for this I didn't put this in quotes into Google but I don't know if that's a common phrase yeah see the only thing that comes up is Jimmy World lyrics so yeah right. re- reusing that I, want, I suppose you could do like uh, without Jimmy World yeah. mentioned you yeah know that's I mean? true minus Jimmy yeah 
Uh, and then the second half of the chorus is time passes us. Don't move. Be still. Be silent. And maybe that's just taking a breath. Um, there's no change for them, for better or worse. And uh, time passes us. Don't move. Maybe they're just taking a breath for a moment. And and before they have to make, this person has to make the decision. Or if they are in a relationship, and this is something where they have to either end it or proceed with the relationship, um, maybe they're just taking a breather, a couple of bre- breaths in, um, be still, be silent, uh, before they have to make this choice. Yeah. Okay. Were you? Able, did you look at all? Were you able to find anything? Uh, I nope. Uh, the, if I take out Jimmy and Hello, which is uh, say Hello to Good Times, uh, trade up for the fast ride. Uh, I get still people talking about um, lyrics themselves. But yeah. when I take out Jimmy and Hello, I only get four results, all four of which are mentioning this song. Right in the same okay. room, which is what I figured there. Okay, and so then, it's a cool turn of phrase that he yes, coined. Yes, and then we go into verse two after that uh, beautiful little chorus there. And uh, pulling your teeth, you push away. This is clearly not easy. Uh, it, pulling teeth, I'm going referencing uh, referencing the Green Day song, right? Pulling teeth. Uh, I just think that, that that whole phrase there, pulling teeth, is it's like pulling teeth. So pulling your teeth, yeah. you push away. I don't know if this person is observing somebody else going through some difficult um scenario but you push away i don't know if it's him pulling her teeth like he is putting her through the ringer and you push away either way this is not an easy scenario for them to be in yeah i like the i like the um push and pull uh wordplay too yeah yes so you might have had uh if you push away what do you pull and you know he came up with pull your teeth yeah. and then there is the second away right after the away mm-hmm. ah yes in parentheses, uh, cancel plans, cancel them all. When I read that line, I thought that that seems like an emotional reaction. And, you know, when I was younger <laughs> dating and I had, I was just like immature. I was an immature guy, right? And I always felt like I my reactions to certain things, situations, scenarios, um, I always just kind of went way too far. Like cancel the plans. I don't even want to go, I don't even want to go to Applebee's anymore. You know, I just want to cancel, <laughs> cancel the whole evening when I could have just sucked it up, addressed the situation and uh, and been OK in the end, been more of an adult about it. But, you know, that's that's what, you know, you're the years that you're growing. That's what you kind of are. Yeah. That's why you're growing is you're realizing later that you made a, a rash decision. So when I see cancel plans, can cancel them all. I think especially cancel them all. It's a it's, a, it's an emotional reaction and they're just canceling any plans that they had for the future. If that was an actual plan or if yeah. it was just sort of like a, a plan that we're we're going to be together. Uh, and then check your breath for cold and hold on. Please hold on. What a cool uh, what, what a cool line there. Check your breath for cold. You, uh, it seems like he's being yelled at or at least being uh, she is just laying into him and not realizing the harsh words that she's saying. And man, you are cold. Yeah. And callous. And you need to check your breath because there is some some frigidity is that a word right there some frigidness coming off of your tongue that is just like tearing into my heart and soul and i think with saying and hold on please hold on maybe it's maybe this person is going through a rough time and it's almost like when you are withdrawing from drugs and you let's say you have somebody there to help you they know Uh that that person is going to be going through certain 
thir- certain stages of this. There's going to be, you know, the shakes, there's going to be cold sweat. And, and for you to be that person helping them, you've got to understand that that's going to be part of the healing process. And what they say to you, they may not mean, but they need to hold on and push through because in the end, it's actually going to be, it's going to put them in a better spot, even though they have to go through all this hell of, um, of trying to withdraw. So it seems maybe that this song is taking the point of view of like two people in a relationship that need to say, just agree that maybe, maybe we need to just call it quits. Now I know I used the term turn of phrase, the term turn of phrase earlier, but I loved this next one. So this would be the second chorus then, right? Yes. Chorus two. Oh, no pictures left to burn goodbye to. Oh man. I, that, that seems, that is like the, uh, of all of these lyrics, that's the most emo like <laughs> turn of phrase. There is no pictures left to burn goodbye to not just yeah. no pictures left to burn, but to burn goodbye. So, uh, not burning out of anger, but saying goodbye. So not burning because I am irate, because I am uh, just disappointed. It's it's because I'm I'm burning them goodbye. Now here's a question, and we don't have um, we don't have liner notes. I remember when I the first band I remember noticing this with is AFI, and it's when a verse. A sentence ends in the middle of a line in a verse and begins again to be completed by the next line. Does that make sense? So, like, yeah, I'm not saying a sentence that will end here and then I'm going to start a new one. It's more like I'm going to start a sentence that will end here and begin. You know what I mean? Like, so I wonder if it's no pictures left to burn, period. Goodbye to the smell of ash and white walls blank. It could. That's not how I interpreted it. So, sure, yeah. Uh, but and I, and I think it be. is a cool line either way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I guess you have I, to yeah. kind of hear how he sings it. And, and, you know, that's one of those things where, and Jim does uh, some of these, some of the words he'll hang on to for a little bit longer. So it's not that easy to even divulge. Is he saying one sentence here that's broken up over two? Yeah. Two lines. And that's the thing, too, is, yeah, when Davey Havoc is singing it, you don't even know what he's saying. So then you're like, oh, let me go to the lyric booklet. And you're reading it, and you're like, oh, there's like a sentence that ended in the middle of all of that that I didn't even know. Like, um, so. Yeah. uh, And, you know, I've always always tried to write songs like that after I I learned that. Well, it's a cool mechanic. Yeah. Uh, You could say goodbye. You could wave goodbye. But um, pictures, yeah, there's burning, no pictures left yeah. to burn goodbye to. Yeah. Oh, man. So th- there's no pictures remaining. The smell of ash and white walls blank. The smell of ash makes me think of they just they just destroyed their history. Like they just. Oh, yeah. At this moment, they have written it all you know, off um, and white walls blank. So I, I just imagine white walls. Uh, white walls is kind of when you if you could think of whitewashing a a, a fence is like white paint back in the day was just what you would use to paint over a big wall, you know, and, and white walls being blank. I just imagine the white being a clean slate. Um, them being blank is there's no history. There's no future. There's no plans, nothing written on it. There is all that, all that's in the atmosphere is the scent of burnt, uh, photographs and these empty white walls. And then it goes again to time passes us. Don't move. Be still be silent. And a couple of different lines here. They have this as what I've considered as like a bridge, right? 
Now I call it a bridge. Yeah. Okay. Now I want. Are you to looking hear... at Genius? I wonder if it's. Yeah. I wonder if somebody approved my edits because I <laughs> added these. <laughs> oh, did you change what the lyrics were? I didn't change what the lyrics were, but I added the second away and I added what the uh, qualifiers for the verses and okay. choruses were. I'd be interested to hear your interpretation of this line. So I really liked this one as well. Horizontal lines and button up. I got this as yeah. horizontal lines, and this is very, this is kind of stretching as crossing your T's. And the oh. button up is dotting your I's. So, uh, but oh, I think that's I, cool. that whole crossing your T's and dotting your I's is also being very thorough. And that's another thing that I can gather from this is that even if it's not, um, even if it's not like, let's say that's, that's a distant, uh, it's a reach. Uh, I still think of horizontal lines as being um, perfect. Like a, hor- a horizon is going to be horizontal, you know, like let's say, let's just say yeah. an exact 180 degrees and button up like a dressed up button up shirt. Like you've got to, I think of perfection. That one line says perfection to me. Either any way that you, in my interpretation, how you would look at it, I see horizontal lines and button up as uh, perfection. What do you think? Okay. So in the second chorus, he's burned all the pictures. The walls are blank. Time has passed. Don't move. Be still. Be silent. It's a very emo moment. He is crouched in the, uh, he is crouched against the wall in this empty room. It's ah. nighttime. There's a street light outside that's shining through his horizontal blinds against the wall. And the only thing he has in that room is it's Jim Atkins, his uniform, a button up shirt. That's all that's left in this room. Oh, and the in fake yellow light room with the window <laughs> open, horizontal blinds open. Uh-huh. The light is shining through these horizontal lines against the opposite wall where hangs but one lone button up shirt. Wow. Wow. I I think yours is really cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I like crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Mine is uh, the visual. Uh, yeah, yours is very fitting of the song. Uh, very dark, though. Wow. It, it yeah, fits. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, this is a this is not a happy song. There's we've we have reached a point where someone's talking to themselves and has then moved on to making a very important or very uh, big decision. And now look at what it, this is the af- this is the fallout here. Yeah, um, horizontal lines and button up. Yeah, especially because it's uh, it's um, hyphenated there, button up. Uh, yeah. Whether that was a personal decision, whoever would had had to again, we have no lyrics right. to go off of. Yeah, but yeah, I like yours. It's very very uh, Rivers uh, when he's writing Pinkerton. You know, he was. What, how does oh, that go? we're going to talk got... more about Weezer in a minute. Yeah, he <laughs> <But> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sits there in in, uh, in his Van Nuys little shed. Uh, you know. That was the that was the story anyway. Like totally. Holding himself up in there, uh, and then the last few. So again, it goes. She doesn't listen to what the voices say. It goes back to that static, and then the last little line here is the drawers of paper all say one thing. Um, he's been the drawers of paper all say one thing. He's been thinking this for a long time. If you look into this drawer, every piece of paper, every note, every uh, post it that I've written down all say the same thing. Um, like music boxes custom made. Woo. Same song. Yeah. Uh, but I get that as custom made, a custom made music box it box. It's my song, but it's the same song over and over. Uh-huh. Okay. So listen to that. I mean, that yeah, I don't really tune. have an interpretation of it. I'm I'm going with you, baby. Yeah. So I, that's what I figure. It's like it's just uh, uh it's just him in the room now. The drawers of paper all say one thing, um, like music boxes custom made. Just one repetitive 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The total. That's exactly what it is. There you have it. Well, wow. What a song. I did want to talk about... There is, yeah. So uh, I I wrote some more stuff about the structure a little bit. Um, I love the static open and the intro. So I I assume that the title Static Prevails may be leaning into this sort of aesthetic. And what's cool is when I listen to these songs, I put them on repeat. And I'll just listen to them while I'm working. And they, they sort of seep into me that way. This song on repeat is a perfect loop. It <laughs> it's is. It's so cool. It's I, so I caught cool. myself, I was caught off guard a couple of times because you it, it slows down and it gets soft, but you yeah. don't really know if I'm at the end of the track or if he is, if he's starting to say, you know, she doesn't listen to what the voices say. It's very haunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really now, cool. Now, did we, have we ever talked, I mean, I, I the discography's collapsed right now, so I can't really see. I don't know how many static tracks we've done if uh I feel like we have talked about the the name of the album as being uh static prevails and, and looking into that. I think it's more appropriate now because the static shows up in this track. So we've done uh five other tracks on static prevails. Oh, I just got there. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but what is I mean, in your interpretation, what do you think static prevails what is the static and what what's prevailing to you let's take a look at the songs that we've done episode 4 17 thinking that's all caveman rockstar i think the static is the noise that we hear in our heads um that distract us from our goals i've always interpreted it as that 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 noise in the your noise. head yeah. that distracts you from your goal uh and yeah not literal noise like at the beginning of this track but i think the big noise at the beginning of this track is informing the album title um and it's it's not a declaration it is not that static will prevail this is static prevails this is like what happens when static prevails you know is it do you see the difference there where it's not a declaration that no matter what you do, static prevails. Uh-huh. It's this is the manifestation of static prevailing. Okay. So that's always how I've interpreted the album title. I don't think I've ever really looked into it until hearing the static in this. Um, and then if you look at even the cover, uh, you know, this is a, yeah. a probably taken with uh, film so maybe they used a high speed film and that intentionally got that uh, the the film the grain. grain on there. Yeah, the film grain on there um on purpose. And so I mean just taking all of that into consideration, um static prevailing, I, I kind of looked at it from two perspectives. One one of which was yours, right? Static prevails. Uh the static is that everyday noise. It's the it's the yelling, it's the anger, it's the it's the talking, it's the nonstop. Um, motion and the sound that that creates. And that's what, that's, what's going to keep on going. That's what, and maybe this is what you're saying in the second half with, with it prevailing is that, that no matter what we choose, um, you know, this is what the album kind of goes through how static prevails. I also thought of it being static as in like a state of repetition, right? So the status of uh, being still in one state um, and, and prevailing. So, Yeah, I guess what, yeah, it sounds like what your interpretation is, is that it is inevitable in life. 
Whereas I feel like that this album is a snapshot of what happens when static prevails, when you let the static prevail, or it's like a, um, an indulgence, like, uh, uh, throughout life, you, you won't let static prevail, but if you need to go into a room where it does, this is that room. This album is that room. Yeah. I like that interpretation better. If it, that one fits more in line with, this is just a moment in time where static does prevail. Um, this is just a, a snapshot, a moment in time where st- if Static were to prevail, this album captures that. Now, are you familiar with the band The Misfits? Mm, only uh, only the t-shirts. So their, I don't know if this is their first album. Technically, it's the band's debut album. It was not released in its entirety until 1996. They have an album called Static Prevails, or sorry, called Static Age. Um <laughs> And uh, it like, let's see, in August of 77, they released their debut single on the label operated by the by Glenn Danzig, the the lead singer. Several months later, Mercury Records issued a Perry Ubu record on their own blank records imprint, unaware that Danzig. Oh, so Glenn. Da- oh, my gosh. Glenn Danzig, his record label is called Blank Records. Mercury Records released a record on their own blank records, and Glenn Danzig had the trademark on the name. And (laughs) so Mercury Records had to settle with him. That's pretty cool. And they gave him 30 hours of studio time. And so in January and February of 78, they recorded 17 songs, and they were all recorded live with only a few takes and a few overdubs. I do believe I've heard the, the studio sessions for this. Uh-huh. And 14 of the 17 tracks produced during the session were assembled for their anticipated debut album titled Static Age. And so anyway, it's a very famous, popular punk horror punk album that I can't imagine the dudes in Jimmy Eat World weren't familiar with. Right. So this is not a horror punk album. But could the static in Static Prevails be a nod to Static Age by the Misfits? Again, I think that's just uh, that's something that that uh, could certainly well be. And in um, Eric Grubbs's book, he does mention Glenn Danzig uh, in there, so I know that there was there was a lot of cross uh, pollination with them. So yeah, it could very well be uh, a, you know a distant relationship there, or it could be a direct one. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, was it might looking... have just been cool word that they wanted to put in because yeah. of static age, static prevails, static, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was looking on uh, Amazon.com, uh, static age. So five out of five stars, 746 ratings. You go down to the <laughs> the most helpful reviews for the United States. Um, from Echo 5 Delta, I bought the CD through Prime, got it in two days per the usual, opened the new sealed case, and inside was a lousy, crummy, vomit-inducing Steely Dan, the definitive collection. <gasps> uh, requ- requested another disc and again amazon delivered in two days open the new sealed case and behold yet another steely dan and the definitive collection what? jared moriatis uh, uh a week or two later i keep getting steely dan the definitive collection inside a sealed misfit <laughs> static age case that's christopher, incredible christopher hahn a month later this is pathetic the best of steely dan in a misfit cd opened it with great anticipation only to be completely angered with a screenshot of him holding open the <laughs> the 
fresh album with Steely Dan, the definitive collection inside. So either this is a a long, like a big joke. I, it's, um, there's nothing some... on the Static Age Wikipedia <laughs> about this. <laughs> it looks like it happened in Oct- between October and November, or October and December of 18. So maybe they... They figured it out. There's a big That's block incredible. of uh, Static Age that has Steely Dan, the definitive collection. So, yeah, I, I, I missed. That's I, pretty great. Yeah, I, I <laughs> don't want to sound like I wasn't listening to exactly what you were saying, but I was trying to read that as you no. were. Uh, oh, no, no, no. It, it's good. You'll hear it in the edit. Uh, let's take a listen on Watch Together if you've got that open. Yep. Uh, just to, this is my favorite song from Static Age called Static Age. That's it. I mean, that's pretty much the whole song. <laughs> um, it's good. It's it, it reminds me of high school. Yeah. Well, um, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> not that in a not in a bad way. Yeah. It's fun. So anyway, uh, at the beginning of in the same room. Oh, let's talk about the title real quick. Yeah. In the same room made me think of no pictures left to burn goodbye to the smell of, you know, the white walls blank is in this room, right? Uh So these, yeah, I'm assuming that's the reference in the same room. These people are in the same room together. Um, I just, yeah, that's the only thing because it's one of those songs. They don't say the name of the song in the song. Um, Right. So anyway, in the intro, when Zach is playing the snare drum, he has the snares off the, what do you call those? Are they the, they are the snares. There's the snare yeah, drum, yeah, but the, the, uh, the, the metal, thing at the, the bottom that makes underneath. the snappy sound is yeah. the snares. So he has the snares off in the intro, and then he turns them on in the verse, um, which is cool. It gives it... I love that he's playing his drums. <laughs> I was going to say playing his drums like an instrument, but you know what I mean? Like, he's giving them more Character, dynamics. Yeah. Like, he's... yeah. Like, now they would probably put, like, a phone effect on the regular drums or, like, a flange effect or something if they were to produce it now, maybe. Um, Or he wouldn't use an open snare. He would use some other type of drum or something. Uh, But in this, they're getting all the dynamics they can from from a a 1996 production. Uh, And turning the snares off gives a completely different vibe and feels more like an intro to when they hit the verse and then he turns those snares on and he's still not playing loud. He's just, it's a different sound than the intro. Um, so that was cool. Um, so yeah, lows and highs, uh, could have been on clarity. Twinkly guitars as fuck is what I wrote. And, uh, Oh, the bass at the end. Can you go to the last 15 seconds of the song? Do you have it queued up? Yeah, sure. Sounds like Weezer to me. It does have that kind of hoppiness uh, that uh, Matt Sharp's bass has. That boom, 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 boom. Yeah, totally. 
yeah, I was like, I was like, the bass at the end sounds like something from the Blue album, and then uh, somehow tonight I was, I and I listened to the Blue album on the way home, and then Wes wanted to hear Godzilla <laughs> um, <laughs> in the car, so I didn't get as far as Only in Dreams. Uh, yeah, but for some reason I remembered. Oh, that bass is in Only in Dreams, um, and I think so, this yeah, is I a mistake. You had thought about that. What? I did not know. I didn't think about that. So on on the Genius uh, page for this song, it does have additional vocals by Eric Richter. Correct. I think that's I, a mistake. I couldn't figure out how to change that. I don't think I have the clout on Genius to to change that. Right. If he sang on a song, he would have been credited for it. Right. So correct. He, uh, he sings. Uh, Eric Richter sings on digits. Correct. Yeah. So I just think that was a mistake. Um, it, including it. I mean, but it's, it's technically... also on like five Discogs entries that yeah. way. <laughs> Right. Um, and I did find one Discog entry where it was correct. Uh, maybe two or maybe maybe two or three correct ones, but far more incorrectly credited ones. Okay. And I just don't know, like, what's funny is the lyric that he sings on digits is, uh, let me see what he says. Because on the album, it says, uh, in the liner notes, Eric Richter sings, it's all the same dot 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 so i don't know it doesn't say what song he sings on it just says he sings it's all the same dot 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 so if people just took that and says in the same room must be what uh where that lyric is (laughs) um uh because yeah if you listen to lyrics uh it it to digit he sings an entire bridge where it's like it's all the same like um he goes into a much more fleshed out verse than just it's all the same. So it's interesting that they credited him with what it was that he sang, not where he sang. It. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then on the cassette, did you see that it's just called same room? Uh-uh. No, I didn't. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's just because they only have so much room on the, <laughs> on right. the uh, c- cassette. Um, but uh, I'll send this to you on messages. Uh, oh, there it, it just is. Says, same room. Um, so yeah, and uh, so the seven there's a seven inch single that I think you could get two ways. So it has purple labels, generic sleeves. Side one label has song titles and information. Side two label is blank except for the capital logo and the manufacturer legal information. And so you can find that on Discogs. Uh, it it looks like a jukebox single basically. Uh, not a ton of information other than that it's a 45 released in 96 um, and some label codes and whatnot. Now, I went back to a site we've been to lately, Stitches and Grooves, which has tons of information about these types of things. And here's what they have about the 7-inch bonus 7-inch. So Jimmy Eat World's major label debut and the third thorn in many collector's sides up until 2014 static prevails is one of the harder to track down jimmy eat world releases prices have started to come down on static prevails lately for whatever reason clarity has always been more expensive than static prevails but now the album futures has far surpassed it as well bleed american used to sell for higher as well but the countless repressings of it lately have dragged down prices to beyond reasonable here we go Most copies, if not all copies, of Static Prevails come with a free bonus 7-inch, which features the songs in the same room on the A-side and 77 satellites on the B-side. 
This bonus 7-inch is on black vinyl and comes with a stock Purple Capital Records center label, just like the LP for Static Prevails does. The album uh, has alternate cover art, which is a picture of beach grass with the ocean yeah. in the background. The album does not come with an insert and was only pressed on black vinyl. I do not know the pressing info for Static Prevails or the bonus 7-inch, and since it was released by Capital, a major label, the numbers will never be announced, and trying to find out is a lost cause. So I can't tell if you could ever buy the 7-inch by itself initially, or if it was always included as a bonus 7-inch. I'm opening this link here. Okay. Uh, Static Prevails first press with bonus 7-inch and U.S. second press. This is through Discogs that you're seeing this? Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. This is on Stitches and Grooves. And the other thing he says, oh, okay. the track listing for the first pressing is completely screwed up from how it should appear based on the studio album. The first pressing has album track in the same room appearing on the bonus 7-inch intended for the bonus tracks when it's the 10th track on the studio that should appear as track five on the B side of the record. <laughs> the second pressing corrects this uh, issue without the need for a bonus seven inch because the album was mastered properly using the analog master to stretch across the, to LPs. So on the second pressing, Static Prevails appears as intended with the studio album appearing in order in a, uninterrupted with all the bonus tracks being tacked onto the end of the record on the C side the D side of the second pressing uh, blank is blank and has no etching. <sighs> so it seems that the first pressings track list is just all over the place. And that's why they included the second, the bonus seven inch. Right. Yeah, and it says, I suspect, yeah, I suspect there are at least 3000 copies of the second pressing based on the fact that it has not sold out after almost a year of being available. Interesting suspicion. Yeah. So, there is a little bit of info about that bonus seven inch. Um, oh, and now we can get into who cares what you or I think. Let's hear what Adam Thomas Adam Heap thinks <laughs> about this song from Static Prevails, the rock opera. So let's skip to 3526 on a heap of games, Static Prevails, rock opera. Yeah, man. 3526. One day, we're going to be so excited when Watch Together lets us include time-stamped videos. Oh, man. That will be a good day. Okay, here we go. Well, he's basically saying to her, get over it. I'm not going to change for you. Because that's what she's been trying to do all this time. So now we move on to In the Same Room, where things really start to burn out for these characters now. And this is sung from the perspective of the bloke again. Risk worth taking, risk worth leaving. Seems I'm still afraid to promise. There was a risk to take her with him. There was also a risk for her to go with him. So mutual risk there. Still afraid to promise. He can't, again, he can't promise that he can change. He can't make promises for her. Too big to stop, too big to hold on to. Now this could refer to the line in Caveman, the big get bigger when the fight's done. And now he's too big to stop and too big to hold on to. He's now so paranoid and so edgy that she just can't be around him anymore. Too big to hold on to. Trade up for the fast ride. Trade your friends. And what, how, how, how much more plain can you put it? Trade up for the fast ride. The fast ride can go in that way. 
trade your friends. She had friends there. Gone now. Traded for that, that going on the road. <laughs> the fast ride. Train passes us. Don't move. Be still. Be silent. Now, those are interesting lines because I still think he's addressing her. And I think she's at the point now where she's trying to leave, but he's trying to stop her. Train passes us. Gone. Don't move. Be still. Be silent. Don't say anything. I don't want you gone. You're staying here. Don't tell anyone to, I don't know, take you. No pictures left here. No pictures left to burn goodbye to. The smell of ash and white walls blank. He's saying to her, you haven't got anyone left back at home anymore. They've probably all forgotten you by now. They've probably all moved on. There's no point in going back. So that is in the same room. We have a general theme of him trying to tell her, don't go. Just stay here. Don't don't do anything. You're staying here. You're staying in this fence that I've built. <laughs> I love that he's changed his outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his voice is so soothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's an interesting uh, take. So it sounds like he's he's making it sound like uh, the, the, the bloke. The the gentleman's kind of holding her hostage, but I feel like yeah. they've uh, they've uh, they've not necessarily amicably, but they're uh, they're no longer together in the same room yeah. anymore. <laughs> um, the next thing I have is on January twenty fifth, twenty ten, Jimmy Eat World cross posted from Facebook hashtag Music Monday with a Bitly link that takes you to a Twit.fm link that plays Jimmy Eat the Worlds in the same room. So. <laughs> I'm going to just give that a retweet from the pot account here. <laughs> this is important stuff. That's the most acknowledgement I saw from the uh, from the band that this that this song exists. And uh, I mean, I think they've referred to these um, older shows that have shown up online um, that uh, I have links to. But do you have any other track notes for this? That you had no, I, I don't No. Um, let's listen to a couple of live performances of this. Okay. Um, this first one is from March 97. And both times, they might be opening the show with this song. So that's kind of cool. Uh, this is Jim Sands Uniform. version of his uniform here yeah the dwight schrute looking <laughs> mother <laughs> is totally the dwight Schrute. so uh, uh only a few months later uh we've got them playing uh 1997 ish at the barn in riverside so this isn't even that show that washington dc show the black cat main stage mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> 
So let's take a listen to this. Specifically, listen to the beginning. Is he saying fingers in or she doesn't? Let's see. So with the tuning and everything here, they might be opening this show with us. Almost two minutes in, and Tom hasn't stood up. (laughs) He is still slung over that guitar, man, getting into it. It's the best. So that was uploaded by Bacolicaholic, and the other was uploaded by Tim Morris Videos. So good. Oh, there are some fun uh, community, I guess this kind of counts as community, uh, comments in uh, in the comments thread. So Earl O'Donnell, nine months ago, says on the uh uh on the uh mind over matter fest video fantastic thank you i would give just about anything to hear them play in the same room again um and on the barn video uh blue juggernaut who we've talked about before blue juggernaut oh that's um uh, thomas heaps other account yes that's his uh his Yeah, he says, oh, account. how I've waited to hear this song played live. <laughs> and then I wrote, oh, uh, this also with the barn. Jim is in uniform for the barn. So early, early showing of the uh, black button up. <laughs> Both shows wearing a button up, by the way. Horizontal yeah, uh, lines, a button up. You're um, right, man. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you're right. Uh, man. So those are the two performance videos I found of this uh of this uh, show yes and i um let me just go since you've already brought up the community kind of stuff i've only i've only got a few links to go through with this um there's just a couple that i wanted to touch on one was from a a year ago and this is a very brief um review or at least mention of this track this is from mr colty five uh i was more entertained by the title and then the way that he introduces this whole block of text so the title of this is, I wrote this long-ass thing about why Static Prevail deserves love. Um, and the first line, which really sets the tone, is, let me start by saying that Clarity and Futures are two of my favorite albums of all time, so I'm not just dick-riding this one. 
laughing my ass off. <laughs> Clarity is the one I usually suck off. So Mr. Oh Colty Five does not mince words. <laughs> We've talked about Mr. Colty Five before, too. <laughs> yes. Yes, I don't want to get on Mr. Colty Five's bad side. Um, and all he had to say about In the Same Room is just a, a couple of sentences here. It's In the Same Room. Once again, Jim is back at it, and this song is all right overall. It's my second least favorite here, only because there's nothing too special about it to me. It's a fine track, though. So I'm glad that he gives it, um, at least appreciates it for its uh, its sonic abilities. It's the way the dynamics and all that. If he looked at the lyrics, I think it's a little bit deeper and would give him a little bit more meaning than it being just his second least favorite track. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Um, yes. And then uh, Dr. Duct Tape Hands, who we've talked about before. Great write up. I have to say that I'm always surprised when In the Same Room does not get much re- recognition. The dynamic shifts in that song have stuck with me since my first spin 18 years ago. Wow. So saying, saying, reiterating essentially what we had just, we've just mentioned about dynamics, especially your term there, dynamic shifts. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, from only two months ago, somewhere I made a wish. Uh, titled Not Sure If Done Before. This is a pretty good one. <laughs> it was the uh, Epic Handshake. Is it Fry? <laughs> no, it's the Epic Handshake. Oh. Um, one side has Futures. One side has In the Same Room, where their hands meet. <laughs> Trade up for the fast ride. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, Colin Fox 921 says, The first time I heard In the Same Room, I got chills. What an obscure song to reference later on. To be honest, In the Same Room is probably my favorite song on Static Prevails. It really is cool. You know, it gives me Untitled vibes, too. Remember we talked about the the song Untitled from yeah. the singles album? And that there's this like sort of vibe that it seems to put out. I definitely felt that. After we record, I usually take the dogs out. So it's dark, cold, their stars are out, and I'll listen to next week's song. And so imagine I'm last week putting my earphones in, taking the dogs out, and it's cold and dark, and I'm hearing the static and the twinkly guitars. It's just yeah. like, oh, it perfect. all just Chef's clicked. Kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss. So I definitely felt like, yeah, yeah, it was a really cool vibe. I, I, yeah, um, it's good. Um, I have, uh, it was, it was out in round four in 2018 survivor on reddit and 2017 survivor on reddit it made it to 13th place um so because it wasn't high enough i didn't bother doing the math to see where it landed but uh it like in terms it made sense to both of them since one told you how soon it was out and the other told you how far it was from being first um uh alex kyle who we've talked about before uh, in March 8th, 2020, right before lockdown, says, Pop quiz, what do the song's futures and in the same room have in common besides the band members, instruments, or other obvious things like that? And Caitlin Hughes pops hey. in almost right away, trade up for the fast ride. And Alex <laughs> says, well done. Well, I guess the game's over then. I thought it was not much longer than a minute. And she says, where's my prize? He says, who said anything about a prize? It's wonderful. The... Uh, is the wonderful music of Jimmy World not prize enough for you? She's like, nah, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> uh, so that's good. So then uh, some people were like, oh, you beat me to it. Specifically Emery Rhodes, who seems to really like this song, because I see her come up on the Facebook group a lot specifically about this song. Um, and then uh, <laughs> Courtney Smith had a funny one. Uh, that's a better answer to than my suggested. Both titles have 
an E and an R in them. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, two people had never put that together uh, before. So that's cool. Like lots of people know and lots of people don't know. Um, More Emery. uh, She's in the comments with this person, Liliana. Uh, Somebody had asked. Let's see who asked. Rob Sandiford says the Phoenix sessions haven't even happened yet. This is December, 2020. Uh, and I already want a Phoenix sessions too. If the band does do a second one, I'm hoping for bleed American chase this light and invented in, in the comments. Emery, uh, says in the same room live, pretty sure my heart would skip beats. I adore that song. How passionate Jim sings on the entire album. And then Liliana, says in the same room is easily top three the first time i heard the drawers of paper all say one thing like music boxes custom made i knew that i could never love a band as much as i love them and uh yeah that's um that is a cool thing the lyrics really do take it to another level i mean the way that it was uh the way that the the sound the the twinkly guitars, all that stuff is layered in and the dynamic. That's one thing. But when you yeah. also have it and you and you read through the lyrics, and it's important that we go through the lyrics because I, you know, it gives us everyone an opportunity to hear them clearly. It's just what I don't know. I mean, I, I can't I can't write that kind of stuff. Um, Earthbound Girl X, uh, set from nineteen ninety seven, had to share my happiness with someone. So she posted uh, nine months ago that link, the A V Club, um, from Randall Colburn, the uh what was this? I'm sorry. Where was this? It can't be known. the mind over matter. Yeah, Michigan. I wanted to say somewhere else, but it was Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just um, Michigan, and then of course the one comment on there from our boy, a heap of games. I'd kill to see. I'd kill to see them play in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> in the same room. You don't do the raspy voice. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you have an issue, here's a tissue. <laughs> And uh, it's a tissue for your issue. If even though this was the wrong song, someone uh, RB Darsh asked 25 days ago, can't think of this song. It's making me crazy. Help me, please. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of uh, Jimmy World back in the day, but haven't in a long time. There's a slow bass riff that repeats. There's an effect of static, like an old timey radio being tuned by hand. Turns out it was Roller Queen. Uh. However, Futures Past chimed in. Wow, I tried to guess this, and it was way off. I was thinking in the same room from Static Prevails. But, look, I mean, looking at it now, it has all of these, the bass riff at the end. Yeah. It's got that static. But you listen to uh, Roller Queen, and yeah, it does have those things in there, too. But I, I would have been fooled as well. <laughs> so that's what I got uh, for uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Grace, who's, cheating, who's, uh, who's tweeting for us right now. She says, oh, good, David is up. <laughs> Because I'm <laughs> reacting to tweets on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, IRL. Uh, if you love what Grace is doing on Twitter, 44J Pod. Yes, please. Let her know. Justin, do you have any covers of In the Same Room from Static Prevails? No, I do not. Well, I do. <laughs> uh, Adam Thomas, Adam Heap uh, did the entire album of Static Prevails. So... Uh, unfortunately, uh, we can't embed timestamps, and he re- he uploaded the, his Static Prevails cover as one whole track, uh, which is so tight. Um, so uh, I skipped to 3350 here, and we can take a listen 
to him and he says fingers in so uh <laughs> this the classic bowling <laughs> anthem uh, um <laughs> in the same room here we go Worth taking risks, worth leaving. Seems I'm still afraid to promise. To promise. Too big to stop, too big to hold down. To rate up for the fast ride, trade your friends. Dream passes us, don't move, be still. Love that twinkly guitar. Yeah, he is just capturing it so well. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's got the dynamics in there. It's great. Man. Thomas Adam, Adam Thomas Heap. We <laughs> 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 just got to con- confirm his name. Um, <laughs> no, although I like it's kind of fun. Yeah. Adam Thomas, Thomas Adam Heap. Uh, um, so that's all I have for covers. Yeah. Um, but I do believe we have one more thing. Oh, yes. You were very excited for this, about this, Well, huh? yeah, and I feel like you were too, or no? What, on your behalf? You, the What you had created? I didn't know if you had had one or not. No, I did not. Oh, okay. Hit I with your rave DJ. Yeah, I couldn't figure, like, now if I thought about it, I would do In the Same Room. I couldn't think of In the Same Room at the time when I was creating this rave DJ. And then I thought, oh, I actually, while we were doing the episode, I was like, oh, I should have done Static Age. That would have been fun. Um... <laughs> But instead, I went and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw a caution to the wind. I'm going to search YouTube for in the same room, in quotes, and whatever the top song is, I'm going to put that into Rave DJ. And so the song is by Julia Holter. I have never heard the original song. I only know it from this Rave DJ. And it's kind of cool. It's a little haunting. Um and uh, so, yeah, let's take a listen. Okay. This is uh, In the Same Room. Or no, no. Is it just titled In Same, in same the Room? <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
working, David. because the original song is also good but <laughs> I wouldn't know I only know this version But you know what? It goes to this little outro with your bass line. Yeah. I think this deserves to go into the mashups uh, channel there. This is a, this is a winner for sure. The, yeah, so, I think it's not bad. The imagery that we had in there, um, there was a, but when my friends and I, we used to go to Hollywood for, you know, like Friday nights, late night clubs. There was one club that we went a couple of times and they, it was, it was large enough to where they had like the middle room was the techno room. Um, the far side, they had like an oldies room. And then the other side, they had this, I don't know how I would describe it, but the visualizations that I got of her where it's just kind of like oh, yeah. images of crows flying and superimposed, they had a projector that would just sit on the wall and, and play stuff like this on repeat. And that just reminded me of it with just the lace dress that she was wearing, walking through what looks like like yeah. New England area. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded great. Everything sounded really well. It mixed. That's a that was a winner. Rave DJ, ten out of ten. Yeah. So, Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song "In the Same Room" by Jimmy Eat World? Uh, another one that I was very fortunate to have read through the lyrics and and listen um, in detail because this one is a jam. To me, uh, again, very much falling into the the dynamic that Jim Jimmy World can uh, put on a song. They can twist that and, and apply it. This one is uh, no exception. So, uh, yeah, I love this one. Um, I, I it's a jam. What about you? I agree. As soon as I put it on, it didn't sound 
all that familiar to me. Um, except that I loved that it gave me the untitled vibes. And uh, yeah, I probably hadn't listened to it more than a handful of times before we did the research for the pod. And now I love it. So yeah, definitely don't think it needs to be bottom tier static prevails, but no. we'll see. Yeah. I said, I don't think it needs to be yeah. bottom tier static prevails. I feel like that's where it seems to have been relegated based on the survivor results and stuff like right, that. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to sort of, maybe revisit some of the other songs that we did. Maybe I like them more than this one, but I loved this song. So that's what my takeaway is. And, uh, and everyone else should take away, uh, the idea of being excellent to each other and party on dudes.